Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hi, welcome to Buzzworthy Radio on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Novell Daly, coming to you on Tuesday, December 15th. <laughs> Hello, this is the wonderfulness of live radio. You get to mess up on air. Let's start over. This is Novell J. Lee coming to you live here on blogtalkradio.com, on Buzzworthy Radio, on Tuesday, December 15th. I got it out this time. 2009, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Coast Time. We are going to be joined by Gayla Johnson. Many people may recognize her as Janet, Rob Lowe's right hand on ABC's highly acclaimed drama, Brothers and Sisters. We're going to be talking to her for about 15, 20 minutes time, uh, a little bit, about that, about that much time. We'll be speaking with her, so she'll be joining us in a few minutes. Uh, for those of you who are listening right now, I wanted to give you a heads up on some upcoming shows that we're going to be having on before our guest gets here. Uh, we're actually going to be having on this Friday, make sure you guys check out this show, because I am highly anticipating this show. Looking forward to it. The wonderfulness that is Julie Benz will be joining us. Ugh, I don't want to give it away. If anybody has not seen Dexter yet, and if you haven't seen Dexter yet, you need to get on that. You need to see the season finale of Dexter. Off the charts, hot. So hot. Uh, I, I know that's a little uh, too generalized by just saying that. <laughs> but uh, it's the truth. It was unbelievably amazing that even I didn't expect what was coming in this episode. It was absolutely phenomenal. They did amazing with this episode. And congratulations on the Golden Globe nomination, you guys. Absolutely. I can't wait to uh, congratulate her for that. So, yeah, they got a nice, wonderful treat by getting nominated for a Golden Globe. So, wonderful. That's wonderful. And a shout-out goes to my girl, Allison Bree. Allison Bree, if you're listening right now, what's up, girl? I hear that uh, Mad Men got a Golden Globe nomination as well. Congratulations to you guys. I'm actually thrilled with this year's Golden Globe nominees. I think it's going to be a really good, really good year for the Golden Globes, so I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Now, also, also during that segment on Friday, we actually taped an interview with Kendra, from Bad Girls Club. We actually got to interview her and sit down with her. So that's I'll tell you I'll tell you this much about this one. That was interestingly good. Yeah, notice the nice pause there. I, I'm dead serious though. It was interestingly good. Simply because it seemed a little too on point. It was a little too on point. I, 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 I wonder if that makes sense. I wonder if that makes sense. It, it, just seemed, it just seemed like really, I don't know what it was about her, but she, she, just, she just knew where her head was at in the game and everything, and that's where the chips lie. And I will say this. It's interesting enough because I did ask her if any of that stuff was real, or fake, how majority of that stuff was scripted, 
or not scripted? I don't know. We'll see. Well, you'll see. I, I got my answers. I was pretty much surprised by what she gave me. So I'm looking forward to speaking with her. Uh, I actually look forward to speaking with her this morning, actually. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think about this interview as well when this drops on Friday night. So Julie Benz, followed by Kendra, and followed by this interview as well. Followed by this one, we'll be airing all three of these live on Friday, but these two are taped. Actually, yes, these two are taped. We're just going to be airing them live on Friday for all of your listening pleasures alongside the Julie Benz interview. So definitely, definitely check that out. It's going to be a fun, wild ride on Friday night, you guys. Sit back, relax, get some of the popcorn ready, listen to this fantastic interview. I cannot wait to really hear what she has to say, what Julie Benz has to say about the season finale of Dexter. I am utterly, utterly in shock still by the whole thing. That's just how good it was. And I was so happy when I heard the numbers. I was so happy that I heard the numbers for the show because it was it received the highest the highest ratings of a Showtime original series ever on the network. They really outdone themselves. And the funny thing is, after that finale, now uh, the uh, producer, I believe, is leaving the show, if I'm not mistaken. I want to double-check myself just to make sure, but I believe I read that today before uh, before I came into work. So I think, yeah, yeah, here it is. Um, Clyde Phillips. Clyde Phillips, the executive producer slash showrunner, is departing the series. And he, like someone said, talk about leaving on a high note. You really left on a high note. That was an amazing finale. So that was good. That was really good. And I, it's so hard. It's so hard to not want to say anything because I still don't know who has or who hasn't watched it out of everybody so far. I have no idea. I have no clue. So I want to talk about it, but then it's like I don't want to talk about it because I don't know who saw what. That's crazy. But, but for a show to basically keep me on my toes throughout the entire time, that was amazing. That was amazing. Not, not a one show can keep me tuned into that as much as that that one showed it. If you weren't a Dexter fan before, you would be you would be a Dexter fan after Sunday. Just saying. Just saying. But it was a it was a good show. It was a good finale. I cannot believe we're gonna not have Dexter until next year. Until September next year. That's a long wait. No more Dexter, no more Mad Men. Gosh, what am I gonna watch in the new Chuck Chuck is coming back in the new year. That I can't wait for. I cannot wait for Chuck to come back. That's going to be awesome. What a what a good show that was. And I didn't never got used to that show until this time last year. No, no, not even, not even. Uh, March of last year, actually. Uh, March of this year, I should be saying. I'm so ahead of myself that I'm thinking it's already 
2010, even though it's already creeping up on us. I was actually out vacationing in California, and you know my my friends out there they have like the DVRs and everything, and we went out we went out and hung out at dinner and everything. Got back to the uh, the house and DVR Chuck, so they had me check out Chuck, and I thought that was a really ingenious show. Loved it, loved that show. It doesn't take much to get me addicted to something. It really doesn't. It really doesn't take that much to, for me to get into something. Like, you could immediately just have me watch, like, something, like, right off the bat and automatically I'd be hooked. You know, I, I, I this is this is probably a weird thing for me, but I never thought that I would like comedies without a laugh track. I'm, I'm one that loves comedies with a laugh track. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, maybe that's just a weird thing about it, but I've every time that I would think about wanting to watch a comedy show without a laugh track, I would always tune out because I don't think I would get that invested. I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of comedies, are you seriously thinking, like me, that The Office and 30 Rock are going to overtake the Golden Globes? I seriously do. I think they're going to overtake the Golden Globes again. Like, they always take over everything else. But I still I still think that all the nominations are good. I was surprised with uh, George Clooney's nomination. In a good way. In a good way. We were trying to find out exactly what's keeping uh, Galen Johnson at the moment. We are figuring that out. Um, So we are going to figure out exactly uh, where she is at the moment. But in the meantime, we'll take a short little break while we contact her. And we'll be right back. She asks hard-hitting questions. I want to know if you guys are wearing clean underwear tonight. She invites listeners to actively take part in the show. You want to put makeup on my husband? She shares her innermost feelings. You know, I'm going to go on the record and say I would like a blow-up doll. It's broadcasting as only Annie can bring to the table. No, I mean, really, with all the reality TV out there, that I would watch. Unfortunately, it's radio, and she knows her limitations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not right. Annie and Burl Live, every Wednesday and Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, I have too much fun on Facebook. I don't know what it is. I'm, like, heavily addicted to the thing. If not that, then I'm also addicted to Twitter. I don't know I don't know what it is, but it's just I'm just so addicted to it that I cannot stop tweeting and I cannot stop I – can't, I can't stop, like, tweeting and Facebooking. It, it seems like I need to go into a Twitaholics Anonymous meeting. You know, or a Facebook anonymous meeting. I, I just feel like I need to be doing that because I'm always on this thing. 
it's just never ending. I'm on it at work. I'm on it now. It's terrible. You know, I'm I'm segueing off of it, but it's the truth, though. It's ser- it's seriously the truth. I am always on Twitter. I'm always on Facebook. Like it's like you can always contact me every single which way, and I just think it's hysterical. You know, I I'm really surprised that I'm not off of this thing yet. <laughs> and I think it's still I think it's still I think it's still gonna affect me until it now becomes like a fad that you just cannot deal with anymore. It's kinda like like stuff from the early nineties. You know, we had like a lot of fads back then but and then uh, all of a sudden it just stopped. That was it. We just stopped caring about that stuff, and there you go. That's how it rolls. I love it, though. I love it. Twitter and Facebook are addicting, but which one's better? I'm hearing, like, people saying that they love Twitter, and everybody loves Facebook, and everybody loves both. I love both of them, actually. And the cool thing about Twitter is that, you know, lots of celebrities have Twitters. And... You never know exactly when you'll probably get a response from one of those celebrities. And I think that that's one of like the coolest things ever. And having having a twit response from a celebrity, I think that's like the coolest thing that lots of people will not forget. You know, you could actually go into like I got a fan response from Twitter and uh, you know, you could be like pretty much set for life. I love that. Awesome. So I think I think everybody should get a Twitter. Not just have a Facebook. I think everybody should get a Twitter. Well, that's just how I roll. <laughs> I'm all over the net, baby. That's where I lie. But um, I guess uh, we, we missed out on uh, Gayla coming into the show tonight. Uh, we will try to reschedule, absolutely. But, uh, you know, things come up. You know, things happen. You know, something inevitable comes up that you missed out on. But we will definitely reschedule. We'll get it done. But uh, I just want to make sure that you guys tune into our show on Friday with Julie Benz from Dexter, Rita from Dexter. Our, our second, her second visit, our second time with her, her second visit on the show. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to talk to her about it and find out what's going on with her. Catch up, catch up. Lost time, man. It's been a year since we had her on the show, so I'm looking forward to speaking with her again. So make sure you guys check that out. It's going to be on at 9 p.m. Oh, oh, there it is. Uh, I can't extend the time. Oh, snap. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Okay. We're going to run with it anyway. If it cuts us off, we're going to run with it. Gayla, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, like, had it up, and then our time segment, like, went off, and, uh, so it's not heard live now, <laughs> but uh, but we can we, we'll easily record it. It'll always be recorded, and I'll air it. I'll air it on Friday when we have our big big show on Friday. So everybody will definitely be hearing you. So um, there's always awesome. a, there's always a way, always a way, right? I believe that. I yeah, yeah, always. But thanks, thanks for making out here anyway. I'm I'm so glad you did. <laughs> well, me too. Me too. I, you know, this is good. You know, I, I'm flexible for doing it now or later. So cute. 
No, let's, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and run with it. I'm, I'm, I'm game if you're game. Are you game? I'm totally, totally game. Totally game. All right. All right, let's get it going. So, all right. <laughs> Most of us know you for Brothers and really? Sisters, Janet. Cool. Yeah. You got some, we got some brother and sister fans listening to this show, that listen to this show. And, oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, so, yeah, they like that show. I look at that and say, they know good taste when they see it. Just, yeah. Good taste. That's not my bias kicking in, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so who is Janet? I mean, we basically just see her as uh, Rob Lowe's character's, like, right-hand uh, woman, basically. You know, Janet. Janet is 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 a come is the modern day Condoleezza Rice, no doubt. You know, she she just she just backs she just backs the uh, the president. She's 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 politically correct, um, and you know, always trying to make a good impression. Okay, very cool. And I I do have to ask, though, being on that show, critically acclaimed, highly acclaimed um, show on ABC. And working with such talented actors and actresses like Sally Ford and Rob Lowe, working opposite of those guys when you do, what's it like um, being on set with, with with those actors and actresses, being a part of that cast, being a part of that gambit? Because it, it's just you're right now working with like the epitome epitome of of class. Right, it's thrilling. Um, it was magic. I wasn't on the set with Sally Fields. I was on the set with Calissa uh, Lockhart and uh-huh. uh, Rob Rob Lowe, um, and um, uh, the other actor. I'm gonna get his name. I I just my, it escaped me. But I was on the set with them, and it was it was amazing. I probably, if they call me back in, I'll probably be doing more episodes with them, and hopefully get a chance to work with. Sally Fields and some of the other ones, but it, it, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. They're so amazing, so professional. They they do it with ease, you know. So if they can do it blindfolded, the way that you know they're the skills they have, the levels they have, and I just pick up so much, you know, good information, good feedback, and overall energy from it. Absolutely, doing that show is definitely a lot different than what. I recently heard that you do you you do comedy on stage. I'm a I'm a fan of the comedy now. I'm a fan of the comedy. You a fan, huh? Well, yeah, comedy is awesome. I I you know I do it on stage. I do it in acting. It's the best thing. I kind of picked up comedy as a way of uh, doing something and keeping current while I'm waiting for my, my, my big acting debut to happen, you know, mm-hmm. and so many, it is fun because now I have more skills and more talent and more opportunities to go out. You and have more fun. to delve with as well with everything that you do um, besides that that you can incorporate into your comedy act. Of course, yeah, and everything that happens is a part of the act. I used to tell, I used to tell the audience, you know, I start getting a heckler. I go, excuse me, sir, you might want to back off because if you don't, you're going to be in my next show. You're going to be in oh, my act. Ah, see, see. I mean, there's, this, there's this guy in the audience in my last gig, and he did this. Oh, yeah, it's just you gotta, you gotta, you got to incorporate it because it's, it's life. It's all of a... It's all a part of life uh, and my life. And, yeah, comedy is, is such a powerful, you know, public speaking form, and it's the only one without a fourth wall. So you can do anything. It's dangerous. <laughs> Absolutely. And it is dangerous. And one of the things I always am intrigued about comedy is um, 
from being a comedy, um, doing comedy on stage and doing like brothers and sisters. Let's put that. Let's put that on the forefront. Is it hard for you to come up with stuff for your comedy act? Because I, I think that's the toughest medium to do. Hard? No. I tell you what. In the beginning, you wonder. Yeah. What am I going to do? Am I going to please the audience? Am I going to try to make them laugh? Am I going to imitate somebody that I've seen that I admire? Am I going to try to figure out what they want to hear? It's that. You go through that. But then after a while, you go, no, I'm just going to do what's on my mind. I'm not complain. I'm yeah. going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to offend someone tonight. That would be good. Or I'm going to, um, you know, give my opinion about something recent in the news or how I'm feeling about something that happened to me. If you're willing to be honest, then it's easy because – you know, okay. if you're willing to be if you're willing to be honest and share yourself and you know, the material you talk about, the things that come out of you is very organic, genuine, unique and guess what? Original. Because okay. nobody nobody else lives your life. So That's true. <laughs> that is true. Now what what basically do you use in your in your comedy bits? Like what what are what are some of the things that you uh, say? Give us, give, oh us, give us a little show. Give us a little show right now. Oh, my God. It's, uh, what don't I talk about? I, I talk about my relationship with my husband, who happens to be white, uh, and I'm, I'm not. So I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Uh, he's, he, he's white and I'm not. There you go. I'm, not, I'm, not. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm your tone. <laughs> Are you and me. You know, born and raised L.A., you know, mom's black, dad's black, I'm black, that's how it goes. And my husband's Modesto, farmer guy, you know, his best friend, you know, was a tractor. So that's kind of where we're coming from. You know, the conflicts and stuff that go on there, there's a lot, a lot of stuff, like little little stuff. Like we live in this house. It's not really a house. It's a duplex, which is an, an interesting way to live. You know, I have one side to myself, which is a one-bedroom, one-bath. He has a two-bedroom, two two-bath side because, well, he's got more space because he had the credit. You know how that goes. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's great. We t- I talk about the dynamics of living here where – you know, I can. We have a door that we build in the middle of the unit, so you know, I can lock it on my side, and he has to go to my front door to see if I, if I'm home, and I can, you know, ignore him if he's tripping. But it's fun. I love that. Um, I talk about like before I got married, trying to date certain guys that come up to me with that certain debonair way of talking, like, "No, what's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing, baby? How you doing? What's up?" You know. <laughs> oh. You know, yeah, you pretty much just described pretty much every gangster black guy that's on the face of this planet. You sure you exactly. weren't hitting up any guys from Compton? <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, even, I even say, once I do that on stage, and go, you know, and that guy was Asian. Oh. Yeah, silence. Okay. <laughs> not really that. <laughs> of course not. But who knows? You know, but it is... It is a, that's, you know, it's it's a slice of life uh, every show because I change it according to the audience. I can't, I don't impose a set list on anyone. I basically watch the show and go, well, you know, there's another comic talking about, you know, how guys pick up on her. So, you know, I probably won't do that bit because they've seen that, <laughs> you know, they've had enough of that. I think I'll do something else like, yeah. you know, cop, 
cops pull you over all the time. I mean, for different reasons. And, you know, being a comic, you know, I'm always got a little smart mouth on me, whatever. So they, they ask these questions, you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, um, geez, I don't know. You, you want to, you need a ride, I guess? <laughs> why are you asking me questions? Maybe let me ask you a question, officer. Do you have a, do you know why I stopped? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how fast you were going? Apparently not fast enough, I guess. Let me ask you, do you know how fast I'm going to have to go to make up for this time? Jeez. Yes. So I yeah. do that in little stuff like that. Talk about uh, from family to friends to, to you know, making a living. Just, just your general wonderful everyday stuff that people can relate to, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever, when you when you first started out doing this, and you started incorporating like um, family, friends, and everything like that, were you afraid, or, or not afraid? Maybe that's a too strong of a word. Were you contemplating or thinking about how they would react to being used in your comedy bit? Like, would they be offended, or would they appreciate it, like that kind of stuff? Absolutely, absolutely. Anybody that. Yeah, anyone I was close to or loved and, you know, going to talk about them, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be estranged from the family. They're never going <laughs> to talk to me. <laughs> I'm not going to get any Kris Kringle gifts this year. Of course. <laughs> you're going to get the lump of coal. That's what you're going to get. Not even coal. You'll probably get a slap across the face or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know, then they find out and they start pulling out baby pictures and, and you know, junior high pictures of me and giving baby me the pictures. press. Baby pictures. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I was terrified but i i try to like find a way to tell them that yeah i'm doing this joke about like my dad for instance he was he was a mr sensitive about it you know and i told him i said dad i got a joke that i do and he goes what are you talking about me for i said i'm not saying anything terrible but remember but back in the 60s the kids used to tease me about my dad's hair because he had a huge afro and it was oh it was big. It was too big. And he would, like, you know how we would braid the afro, and then we'd pick it out with the rake yes. and it get yes. the air flow through it. So it was bouncy. It was a big bouncy thing, you know. He walked down the hallway. It's bouncing two seconds behind his head because it, it always had a two seconds He turned to the left, and two seconds later it bounced and followed his head wherever he went. It was just you know, I talked about it, and so Dad is like, "Oh, Afro, why are you talking about your mama? Why are you talking about somebody else?" So he, he's a just you know, he actually heckled me in a show once. It was very funny. Um, and I, you know, he came to see the show, and he stood up and said, "My hair wasn't like that." <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you want me to bust out the pictures and show everybody? <laughs> exactly. He said, "Bam! Oh, now sit down." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, who? And I know you worked with a lot of people here. Let, let's let's tell everybody who have you shared the stage with? Oh man. Um, let's see. That's a good question. You know, I've I worked abroad and in LA. So, you know, um, I've shared the stage with Chris Rock. Uh, I've worked with. Um, See, I've wow. been trying to I've been trying to use something like that with Chris Rock because, you know, everybody was like, everybody who sees me, they say I look like him, and ah. I'm like, no, I don't, and they're like, yeah, you do, and I, I I could see a resemblance. I was like, okay, so what if I told you I was Chris Rock's brother? Would that get me anywhere with you? 
Well, <laughs> and then they're like, uh, no. Then I'm like, well, then why did you tell me I look like Chris Rock then? Get out my face. <laughs> well, you could try. You could try, but then you got to deal with the way Tony Rock looks because he's out there. That's Chris Rock's brother. Now, he, he's a comedian, and he's got some, some uh, press and some shows and things he's doing. He's hot, so he's out there. He's a good-looking guy, too. So if you're Chris Rock's brother, you're going to say Chris Rock's other brother. <laughs> um, the other brother. Well, look, we're all brothers, right? Why don't we just use that excuse? Yeah, yeah. That would work. That you never know. That would totally work. It would totally work. Um, trying to get out. Let me see. Chris Rock, uh, it's just amazing. Um, the people that I've performed with, it's, it's, I've been in the business. It's like, it's sort of like, uh, um, well, in London, there's there's a whole bunch of people that I've I've been the last four years I've been going over there performing. Uh, they got a comedy store over there as well, comedy camp and comedy cafe. But um, I see. Uh, I was trying to remember on my yeah. Even when you, when you think about it, it's weird. It's like you know, it should come to my like that fan and Don DC Curry, Mark Curry, um, Sammy Shore, Joey Medina. Um, mm-hmm. Ronaldo Ray, I was on the stage with him. Doug McCraw, these guys, Doug McCraw, Shang, and Rusty Z, Beth Donahue, and I, we co headlined uh, Club uh, Jokers um, out in Oklahoma years ago. Um, but Mark Curry, and Mark, I was in the show with Mark Curry when he did his, his game show. Do you remember the show? It was called Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. The whole. <laughs> the whole the whole audience was cast, and we all had to pack an overnight bag and sit in the audience. And then if we got selected to come up, it's like, don't forget your toothbrush, because if you win, they're going to put you in a limo and take you right to the airport, and you're going someplace. That's the idea. Okay. Of course, uh, I was a contestant, and uh, I didn't win. But, uh, hey, you don't win everything. But I, you know, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That was a that was a, a, a humbling experience as well as when I was on a, a wipeout. Now that's crazy. You, you were wipeout? on wipeout. I was on wipeout. A contestant. I knew I, I didn't think I'd win the ten grand, but I do think I was getting my ten minutes of fame. I was oh, the one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this. I was the one in that leopard print body tight thing. It was a white bodysuit. I heard and, about uh, that. Okay, yeah. Fell flat. I didn't see it, but they were telling about it to me at work. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, that that reality show was like a reality check. I'll never do it again. But hey, I was having fun. It is fun to do that. You know what you should. Stuff. You know what I could see you making fun of. I and you know I love I I love Kendra with all my heart. I talked to her this morning. I love her with all my heart. But I can see you making fun of a show like Bad Girls Club. Bad Girls Club? Really? Uh-huh. Okay, why is that? You know, I, I, this this show is basically that all these chicks up in this house basically clashing all over the damn place, thinking that you're probably going to get into a cat fight probably in every single show that you're in. And oh, well, it, it yeah. just seems like... They, they can't agree with anything. It's like I broke a nail. I got to get up in your face and yell at you or something. That, that's pretty much how bad it is up in this crib. I can... <laughs> well, yeah, you get a bunch of women together and they're all rotating on on the same moon and all the cycles happen together. 
Yeah, it's a I mean, look, you can pull you can pull the weave out. Like, you, you can pull one person's weave out, and all of a sudden they they're like, oh, it's on now. And there you go. <laughs> Just like one piece of hair. <laughs> exactly. That would be that would tangle us up. That would definitely tangle up. And Why find is out, that? <laughs> you know, because that's because what every woman's because you know what what every woman wants. You, that's why you know what the answer to that is, right? What does every what does every woman want? They want what a is, man. <laughs> not every. They want a man. No, no, no. They want a man that has money. They want a man that has money so they can take them out and go to all these expensive places and basically show them off. And there you go. Get some. That? Get some fur. Get some jewelry. Get some whatever. And get some. Period. <laughs> That could be, and I, I would have to agree. I'd have to agree. I think there are women that want other women, but they, cut, they they would take a man too. My brother once told me what every woman wants is what another woman's got. <laughs> so, that makes sense too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you've got better weed than me, then, then, we, then we got, when we rolling, we, we got we to gotta deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any okay. hair. <laughs> Well, now we know what happened to your hair. <laughs> yeah, they all pulled it out because I, I, I broke a girl's nail. That's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> Did I put that out there? No. No, I didn't put that out there. You're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> you have that power. Yeah, I do. I, I do, man. I don't use it to I, the best of my abilities, though. <laughs> <laughs> if I embarrass myself on air, I embarrass myself on air. Everybody's entitled to do it. You know what I mean? Hey, you're you're human. Yeah, you can do that. If you're human, it's all good. You know, and, you know, it's going to be natural and human. That perfection stuff nowadays, it's just boring. Nobody is that perfect. Nobody's perfect. Absolutely not. Hello, Tiger huh. Woods, are you listening? Aha, uh-huh. there you go. Just there saying. You go. Just and we're all saying. sitting on pins. Exactly. Exactly, we're all sitting on pins and needles, like hoping Obama don't go south. Like, yeah, I know. Claiming that Michelle's gonna keep him in line. I don't know. Uh, Michelle's Michelle's thinking about other things now. She don't have yeah. to worry about Obama. She goes, if he's cheating on me, somebody's gonna tell me. I'm gonna follow him. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna take a lesson from Tiger Woods' wife and learn how to use that nine iron four right up into his little <laughs> pie. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. He, he, he definitely, he definitely did, he definitely did play eighteen holes. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you know what's funny, what's weird about like the press and stuff like Tiger Woods. Now you know, now all of a sudden, his wife has an identity to with us. Like she suffered and she's upset. Now all of a sudden, oh, she's. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, what if her book came out, How I Dealt with Tiger Woods? <laughs> oh, jeez. Now she's somebody to listen to. Mm-hmm. She's a victim. And, you know, it's like that John and Kate plus eight issue. You know, how tired I got of that. I was ready to run my car up, in the, in, up into that house and go, like, I'm tired of John and Kate plus eight. Get off my screen. <laughs> Y'all need to go somewhere with your messed up looking hair and, you have yeah. all these eight kids up in the house. I don't give a damn if he cheated yeah, exactly. on me. So what? Go somewhere. Exactly. You're 15 minutes and fame is off. Exactly. 
Exactly. Anything that can be milked will be. That is incredible. And as long as we're listening, as long as we're tuning in, you know, books being made, action figures are being made, movies are coming out on that issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can't ima- I can't imagine who's going to play Tiger Woods and his wife or John and Kate in the movie, in the TV Man. movie. If, if, I, if, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even want to. I don't even want to go there. Let's not go there. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. So, so yeah. exactly where can people find you? Where can they see you? Um, I know you got a show on the 18th, right? Yes, I got a show on the 18th. I got a show. I'm going to be hosting a New Year's Eve red carpet event uh, coming up on December 31st. Uh, 2009. Okay. It's 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 the New Year's Eve party, and I'm going to host it and perform. Um, uh, they got they got three other um, artists there: Brooklyn Jai, Suzanne Nichols, and Detox. They're going to be singing and and um, and performing as well. It's an open bar. It's in it's in um, Sherman Oaks at a place called uh, C C A P. It's called Complete Actors Place. It's at uh, 13752 Ventura Boulevard, Sherman Oaks, California, 91423. They have a um, website that you can uh, look it up. It's uh, called Complete Actors Place, so just like it's just like okay. it sounds. Just like com. it sounds. Yeah. And then I'm, I got loans coming up. I do all stuff all the time. You know, around town, you can always find me at the website, galajohnson.net. Yeah, because that's my Gayla schedule. Net. Yeah. Definitely got to put that up on the website so everybody can uh, everybody can locate her, KaylaJohnson.net. And are you on Twitter at all? Are you are you one of those that are, are that is addicted to Twitter like I am? I am not yet on it or addicted. I've I've been like fighting the, fighting the urge. I know it's I don't tweak Twitter. I I do the MySpace and Facebook and everything, but I have not graduated to to the Twitter yet. Uh, it's just another reason to stay on my computer. But you're addicted to it. Maybe I should be a part of it. I don't know. What's the best part of it? I am addicted to it. I am. I'm on it all the time. You have no idea. It, 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 you like have to pry me out of my chair with a crowbar in order for me to get off. <laughs> <of there. laughs> you, well, you can probably use that in your in your whole thing. Um, that I'm I'm a, a totally rambunctious geek that is addicted to Twitter. I will ha- I will not get any girl to go out with me, and if I do, it'll probably be some ugly looking thing on the other side of the computer that's probably using one of those fake form <laughs> bot pictures as a default. That is the type of chick that I'll be wanting up getting. It's going to be this big fat woman with these boobs <laughs> that are hanging out all the way down to their feet. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> I just gave you some raw material right there, baby. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Loving it. Loving it. Well. I gotta look in this Twitter. You know, my husband twits and tweets and twitters, and I just, I just haven't uh, had the time to set up an account. And then, you know, what? There's tags too. People are tagging me. There's all the tagging, technology. They're always tagging. Yep. People winking and winking and winking. <laughs> Jeez, so I have to figure things out. Yeah, I'll get around to it. But I think I should, uh, should check your Twitter. What's your Twitter space? So I can go check it out. I have two of them. I do have two of them. Um, One is actually for the show, and one's actually just for myself or my close peeps. The one I I, I use both of them the most, obviously. Um, Add Buzzworthy Radio is the the main one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I went to your website and was like, wow, great. All right. Well, I'll look at that one then. 
mad mad props to Travis who made that site for me. So I got to give him mad props for that. Yes. So and you go out and do a lot of red carpet stuff. Uh, that's awesome too. Not a video. I I I cannot believe that I did that. Actually, uh, it was 110 degrees out. I thought I was gonna faint on my feet. It was that bad, but it was so much fun in the process. So it didn't even bother me as much as I thought it would. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Heavily enjoyed it. But yeah, you definitely got to get on Twitter. You got to get a Twitter. That is yeah. that is your New Year's resolution: is to get a Twitter. Get a Twitter. Get, get a Twitter. A Twitter. And Eric, that is an that is a interesting New Year's uh, resolution to get a Twitter. <laughs> it almost sounds like get the shakes or something, or get 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 twittered. As a get I like that. <laughs> Walk into one of those shops. You got a Twitter? I don't yeah. know. I should check it out. My husband does it. Yeah, and I've gotten some requests. People want to follow me on Twitter, and um, it's amazing how whoever thinks of these kinds of technology. That's just a lot of. There's a lot of celebs that are on Twitter. We're not far from having uh, cameras actually follow us or in our house, you know. We're gonna Don't give them any ideas. They might actually <laughs> take it and run with it. Do you follow uh, – what celebrities do you follow on Twitter? Do you follow any? Um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris is, um, is one of them. Uh, Alyssa Milano, uh, Nathan Fillion, Jim Carrey. Mm. Um, Ellen DeGeneres is another one. Uh, Regis and Kelly. Oh, so goodness. Day-to-day, moment-to-moment, they're basically saying what they're up to. Saying what they're up to. I saw a lot of the soap people on there as well. Um, all the soap celebs as well. And that's pretty much it. I don't follow anybody bigger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just and it's just cool that you get responses from these cats um, from time to time, and it's like, wow, I got a response from Alyssa Milano. That's awesome. What do I do yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> and you, and it's, it's like, really them. It's not an assistant. It is not. It is not an assistant. It's actually them. Cool. Cool. I don't, yeah, fantastic. I don't know where people find the time, but they do. That's awesome. Another way to it's connect. It's right on their fans. phone. It's like it's like on their phone. All they got to do is tweet on their phone, and they're done. It's like so. If they're hanging out on set taking a break, that's all they're doing is tweeting, right on their phone using like apps for on the phone for Twitter. That's that's how it rolls. Wow, you are the man. You you just you know you've got it all down. I admire that. You know you're good. You stay up with technology. You're the younger generation. You annoy me. <laughs> I have to try to stay up on it. I, I do. If I don't, then I get made fun of, and I'm pretty much called a dork for not staying with the times. But even this podcast rocks, right? Is this just what I, you know, this is pretty cool what you're doing. How long have you been, uh, well, I'm not going to interview you. I, that's a, that's Two years. Two years. Two years. You, you're rocking it. I just, it's just like you've been in business for 10 years. And the, the, the site you have and the personality yeah. and the fun. I just love you well, and the white women. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> All the well, days of our lives. And look at that. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I thank you for that. Yeah, we just celebrated two years last month, so you know, it. I won't. I won't stop doing this until uh, they fire me. 
<laughs> and I probably oh. won't stop it. I probably won't stop even after that. So never, never, never quit, never stop. Life's too short as it is. You and yeah, this is the same thing for you. Absolutely. You know what you should do if you don't already. You should have videos of like all of the stuff that you do on stage on your site. Really? You mean like uh, the stand-up, the stand-up act? Yes. Or yes. I do have some clips on my MySpace, which I guess I didn't even reference that. It's just, uh, you know, MySpace.com. MySpace is a fad. MySpace is a fad that ended. <laughs> yeah, MySpace uh, is so, so last year. <laughs> it is. It, it seriously is. I, I don't even oh, use MySpace yeah. anymore. I'm oh, like, wow. I'm on, I don't. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Those are the only two things I use. MySpace is a thing of the past. This is so unfair. I just learned to pimp out my MySpace. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't really. I, I added one or two things, but you're right. It's, like it's my Facebook or Twitter now, and as soon as I get with that, it's going to be something else, but that's okay. I so believe get... it. I believe it. I wish I could come up with this stuff, though, because I want their money. <laughs> You you know, you can. You just think about your needs, what you want. Design, get with a person that writes programs and say, make it do this and this and this. And then they'll write the, the program. You get, I don't know how it's done. I'm just saying, like anything else, people have a concept of a film. They get writers behind it. Bam, creator credit. I guess. But I I uh, I have not seen a way to post video on Facebook because every time you post something it goes it get, goes it moves down to the bottom of the of the the screen and more people post stuff and you got to scroll to find any videos that were posted right. Um, like posting it like on your own wall for videos or like. Oh, that's posting- how it's done. Yeah, like yeah. there's like this tab where you can upload your video on your hard drive onto your Facebook. And then you can post like a link if it's like posted on like YouTube or something and just post it that way. So Oh, one that's of two ways what I to see. Do it. Yeah, and you're right. Little short clips of me doing different things on stage. It would be fantastic. I think I I think you I think I'll do it cuz uh that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Um, you should, because you know, like a lot of people who can't make it out over there to the West Coast, um, should be able to get a glimpse eye view of exactly what you do on stage. I think they should see some of that stuff. Rough. I was improving a. I was improving a bit the other night because there was a Spanish audience, and uh, oh. I speak. I speak a little Spanish, and I uh, said. Uh, you guys, uh, I've decided I'm not going to, I live in a Spanish neighborhood like everybody in the audience. And I said, I'm not going to, I've decided I'm not going to run anymore from the uh, Jehovah Witnesses. They come down my street. <laughs> I'm still standing my ground. My husband goes in the house. He doesn't want to deal with it. They were talking to me in Spanish. I said, excuse me, no comprende espanol. <laughs> They kept talking to me. I just, I'm sorry, did you not hear me? I said, and then they keep talking. Finally, I said, no comprende español. Todas las personas en esta calle comprende inglés solo, nada más. Nice. Esta país es, 
Esta ciudad es, 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 estado, es, es Los Ángeles. Esta, esta país es Estados Unidos, ¿ok? No Cuba, no México, no, no Guadalupe, Guadalajara. Mi Dios, cómpleme inglés, ¿ok? Solo. And, you know, Dios, my God, mi Dios, my God speaks English. Oh, man, my husband came out. He's like, come in the house. I'm like, Hace un momento hablando conmigo. I'm talking to my friends. I'm <laughs> freaking them out, man. <laughs> I could use you at my job. I could use you at my job and all those Spanish people that come in here. And, I, you know, and I, I'm like the same way. I speak a little bit of Spanish and everything like that. But it, that, would, that would be so killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At your job. If you could speak Spanish, the key would not to let them don't let them in on it. Let them speak Spanish around you, and you don't, and they don't know you understand. <laughs> that's, 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 that's I've actually, I've actually were able, I was actually able to pick up some some stuff that they said around me, and they were actually insulting me. And I said to them, I was like, you know, they don't know that I understood those words, but I knew that they were cussing me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you could tell by the tonation and everything as well. But yeah. I love it. They don't know I can speak. They don't know I understand. I, I, uh, I'm not I good. I need, man. So I'm trying to get and pick up more. All I can understand is like, what's the Spanish word for the N word? <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know Negro, right? I know that one. And I'm gonna get the Spanish word for the B I T C H word. You know, I can't. Oh, <laughs> someone taught me that word, and I forgot what it is. Oh, <laughs> someone called you that. You're gonna have to call uh, me back, and I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tell you. Uh, because <laughs> uh, I'll just be listening for those words. Yeah, it's all fun. It's I mean, it's just, we're it all is. the same. You know, we're all the same people. You know, black people, Spanish, Mexicans, white people, we're all screwed up. You know, this just I believe that. I think that you know, there's things that that white people know and and black people know. I, well, there's things that Mexicans know and and uh, white people know that black people won't even admit. You know, like. Tupac is dead. Okay, let's just that, yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much came to that realization quick. <laughs> <laughs> Little thing. That's like that's like know. Elvis is dead. Like you know. Yeah, they exactly. White people won't admit that, you know, and like Mexicans won't admit that, you know, chicken is food, not a roommate, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's so bad. Chinese I'm, Chinese I'm food actually uses cat and dog. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Asian people, left turn lanes are there for a reason. You know, little things. Mm-hmm. But we have fun. You'd be a good yeah. comedian. You could do it. It's public speaking. Talking about what's in front of you all the time, you know. That's true. You know, There's a lot of stuff that you make fun of me about. So I don't see why I can't make fun of it myself, so. Right. And you do that, too, when you're out there live with, on the red carpet with the microphone, something happens, you go, okay, bring it here, bring it here, I guess. You have to incorporate it or it takes over the show. I had no. a heckler once. Comedians always deal with hecklers. I mean, sometimes worse than sometimes worse than others. There was a lady, I was the headliner of a show. It was in the, it was in the high desert long, uh, a couple of years ago. She was drunk out of her mind. She heckled the MC, the opening act, the feature, and she's going to heckle me. So I went up, 
She was still drunk. She was still heckling. See, hecklers think that they're helping the show. They when think they're that not. They're, they're not. They're disrupting the show. They're, they're changing the energy. But they say they're having a good time. They, they want to be your friend. So I watched her throughout the show, and I finally said, okay, so she, she's been talking all night. I pointed over to her, and the audience kind of groaned. And I said, what's your name? And I got her name, and I said, she wants to be a part of the show, you guys. Let's give her a role in this show. And they all, like, raised their eyebrows. What's she going to do? I said, I'll tell you what. What's your name, Monique? Monique, when I point at you, I want you to do me a favor. Anything you want, tell me what you want me to do. Okay. I want you to stand up, and I want you to open your hand. And then when I go, and Monique, what do we say to that? I want you to say, bitch slap. (laughs) Nice. I want you... I want you to hit your cheek and turn and do a thing on it. And she was, okay. And she did it, and it was like a real baby slap. I said, no, we want to hear it really go, you know, like, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to, we want to hear that, money. You want to hear that? She did. <laughs> the audience fell out of the chairs. And I did the show, and I was, she said something, and I said, Monique, what, and what do we say to that? She stood up and did it. One time, and everybody got real quiet, and she got quiet, and she she uh, stood there and rubbed her cheek, and uh, sat back down, and then never never heard nothing else. Matter of fact, I looked for her, and she had left already. Went home. <laughs> she ran out. Yeah. <laughs> She goes, well, I can't really interrupt and make fun. I got something I got to do. I got a role to play, and I don't like that role no more. Yeah, it's probably cruel, but in your business, mine and yours, you got to have tools, things you do. How long uh, you, you've been, you've been, you've been doing interviews and public speaking before this, this uh, podcast, right? Yes. You just got skills like that. I could say it's a gift, but then I'd be lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you say it's scary for a comedian. It's it's every, every any kind of public speaking is because you can't control the other person or the audience what they're going to say no, or do. It's true, it's true. You have no idea what's going to come out of the other person's mouth, especially when you're not seeing them face to face. Then you have no idea. Then you got to work with that. Man. Yeah, makes it harder. That's when, that's when honesty is the best. Is when you just say, "Hey, I'm sorry that didn't work." Uh, you know, I thought it was good in the shower, uh, but everybody mm. looks good tonight. <laughs> you just have to clean it up. I do some good shows, especially overseas where the Brits are just so just just mental of you, and they, yeah. they don't get they don't get the references that you normally. You normally talk about like I do. A, I do a, do a thing about being black, you know, out here in LA. I go, look at me. I'm not uh, really that dark, and I'm not really light. I'm kind of a color in the middle. I'm I'm a shade. I'm a cocoa five eight two dash one. Yeah. And, and then I uh, follow it up with I think my I'm a I'm actually a Huxtable. That's that's my nationality. I'm I'm a Huxtable. Nice. I like that and, one. I like it too. I went to a ticket to London. They're like they're looking at each other, like, oh, what, what exactly is a Huxtable? Don't I don't understand what that is? 
I'm like, you guys don't know Bill Cosby out here? Are you insane? That's, 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 oh, God, no, we don't. We don't know that. See, that no. just makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> that does. That makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because they don't get the American, what they know of Americans is what they see on TV, but not all TV that they see. They see, you know, anytime I did a Laquita kind of ethnic inner city character, oh, they loved it. You know, mm-hmm. I used to do it. I used to do a bit. What's up? What's up? My name is Laquita and uh, whatever. Um, um, you know, welcome to the Black Shopping Network. <laughs> <laughs> we got all kind of products. Yeah, I mean, just average, you know, and uh, they love that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You said it. That's still types. They love it over there. So, but do you, I love traveling. Do you travel? Do you yourself get a chance? Uh, just back and forth between L.A. to Jersey. Um, since I live in Jersey, I travel from over here to the West Coast, and that's pretty much the furthest I've been, sometimes Florida. I would love to travel over to Italy when mm. I get an opportunity. I would love to do that. Um, but that calls causes me to basically save money. Mm, yes. But we're but I am gonna I'm gonna work on it. We're, we're gonna work on it. Get me over there. If you go over there for buzzworthy radio, then it's a write off. <laughs> I'm going mm. over here to get stories, man. I'm gonna interview the people in Italy about what they think about Obama. <laughs> I'm probably like, you know, Who's Obama? Yeah, exactly. And and you could tell him, your worst nightmare. That's who he is. Um. <laughs> See, I want to go over there because they, they put this article out there about put pocketers, which is the opposite of a pickpocketer, where they actually oh, yeah? put, money, put money in your wallet because they said yeah. they know how bad the recession is over here. So they've been actually putting like 30, 40 bucks in tours, American tours of pockets. Oh, that's funny. We and these are from reformed, and these are from reformed pickpocketers that are doing this. Oh, reformed! Oh, it's kind of a public, but community service. <laughs> mm. That's pretty good. That's their. That's their. That's they have to do that time instead of uh, instead of sitting on bars. They have to do that uh, community service. So the former pickpocketers do. They, this article came out. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that would be fun to do. I I I said I'm in I'm living in the wrong country. <laughs> Shoot, fly me over there. They need to come over here and do that over here. That's what they need to do. Do that over here. Seems like you'd still freak out if you saw someone digging in your pocket. I guess uh, I guess if they're slick enough, you wouldn't know uh, what's going on. But uh, to put money in the pocket, are you sure it's money? And what what else could they put in the pocket and then say that guy has the drugs right there? Right, <laughs> planting you. Yeah, counterfeit money, pretty. maybe. Wouldn't that be a, a wonderful thing if people gave other people money just because? That's just does that love exists from your lips we, to God's ears. You know, do we always need some major tragic event to bring us together? Because that's. That's the shame, isn't it? Because that's yeah. what happened on 9-11. And 
I always think about that too. Like that event brought us all together, and now we're separated and segregated again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's gone back. I think, interesting, interestingly enough, in the last uh, five years, I think the only thing that wasn't tragic that did bring people uniformly together was the Obama administration. It was the Obama election. I think people generally agreed they were they've had enough Bush. He's had enough. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and it wasn't that he was he couldn't be ran, but they didn't want anyone that looked like him, sound like him, or believed like him in office. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, uh, we had all decided it's time for a black president. I think that it was all kind of celebrities and public interest groups and the all kind of news agencies and even David Allen Greer put together a you know a temporary. You know, chocolate news, sick um, talk show, sketch show about the concept of Obama being in office. And uh, there's rumors about it that it didn't pick up a second season because it did its job. It was just there to raise the consciousness. Never know. I I hope, hopefully, because everybody's saying Obama has to do something, but I'm like, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll definitely be able to live on with him as our president. You know what I mean? Uh, definitely. I mean, I went to the inauguration. Did you go? I did not go. I actually had to work that day. I wanted to take off, but um, I actually had to get called into work because we were short. And, uh, you know, I definitely I did want to go. Um, but uh, cause that, was, only... that was a historical moment to be a part of. Oh, yeah. I think if you didn't go, you were probably the only black person not there. <laughs> there were five million or so black, not five million, just a, a lot of, a lot of black people were there. Um, and I, the crime rate went down all over the country that day. It was just no, no crime. I'm just joking around. Actually, it was so freezing, too. They weren't, people weren't even black. They were blue. It was just amazing. I believe that, too. <laughs> I believe that too, but uh, I mean, I, I I do wish I was there. You know, I would love to have been a part of history making, um, but and uh, I would have loved to have attended something like that. But, uh, Oprah was there, Jesse was there, Byron Allen, uh, Opie, Opie was there. Opie uh, and Floyd in the barber shop. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was amazing. I uh, but you know, you know his his uh, his re and his new inauguration will be amazing too in four years. So let's do that. Yeah, let's absolutely. That. I'll uh, I'll definitely take off ahead of time. I think I'll do that instead. Well, don't make, call me in because I won't be home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how that's gonna work. That's how that's gonna work. Yeah, if you start now, you could probably start the process and the paperwork and the red tape to get a press pass. It's incredibly difficult to get a press pass, to get up on the podium to go, Obama, how does it feel to be who you are? I don't think you know, I would, I don't even think I would do a press pass. I think I would just stand right there in the crowd. You know, you know just what? even that, just even doing that, that, that would that would definitely be it for me, you know. Won't even worry about all that, going through all that process. I would just go right there and stand in the crowd with everybody else. And just watch that go on right in front of me. I think that would be amazing. You know, I was going to 
I was going to be your, I was going to be a newscaster like you, or, or, tele, or per, tele, TV personality type. I was going to do that. What changed uh, your mind? Well, got my degree, communication journalism. Worked at radio stations, worked at um, TV stations. I was, uh, what changed my mind was uh, I was working at radio station at the time that Lucille Ball was at Cedar sinai She was on her deathbed. and She's one of my, you know, idols, along with Carol Burnett, um, you know, Richard Fryer. Just, uh, I have so many idols, and Lucille Ball was a main one for me. And okay. my job was to get the wire down off of the... Uh, the recording, um, the, uh, the radio, uh, the, in, that, in those days, it was, um, they sent recordings over, it wasn't the internet, but it was, we had to listen to, it, oh, it was, uh, it was a tape that came across. I had to splice it together and cut it into a story, I forget. And uh, anyway, she was on her deathbed, and they sent over the story that I spliced together and gave it to the editor. And the story was about her life, her past, what she brought to our lives, how she enriched all of us. And I gave it to the editor and said, excuse me, I think this is the wrong story, but this is the, the 515. He goes, what's the, what's the story? I said, oh, it's a story about her life, about who she was and everything. And she's still, she's still here with us. She's, she's in the hospital, but she's still with us. And the editor just kind of looked at me really kind of matter-of-factly, like, oh, she's going to be dead in a minute. We're just going to be the first ones with it on the air. So, yeah, that's the right story. My mouth, <laughs> my mouth just dropped all the way to China. That was, no. that was a, a, an eye-opener for me. I was like, oh, is this is what it's all about. Yeah, it is. It's all about the news and the rating. And there was no love there. It just it changed me. I don't know. I kind of um, realized that I didn't want to just be in news after that because it was all about the pain and the hurt and the, uh, you know, kind of death dying. And I don't know, not really, but it's also about some hardcore stuff like who's suing who and who's in jail for this crime and whatever. I mean, you get in people's face and you go, how does it feel that you just ran over, been ran over by a truck? How does it feel for you? And then I didn't want to run up. What are you saying? What do you mean? How does it feel? Yeah, you always see these movies where these reporters are on the White House steps, everybody rushing up to the same person, sticking their mics in their face. And I don't know. I just uh, pulled back and got into uh, personalities. Uh, it was a show at Fox a long time ago, and I got into, you know, more of a personality type of, of reporting and stuff. And then all that evolved into comedy. So, hey, here I am. How about you? I mean, did you start in journalism? I did not. Actually, I guess I can say it's how me. Um, actually, um, someone actually said to me, you know, you have a good voice for radio. So I was like, I do. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> I think you should uh, look into maybe like doing like radio voiceovers and all that stuff. Because right now, I mean, I'm working in uh, pharmaceuticals. And uh, I'm a pharmacy tech right now. And I hate oh, cool. retail. Retail oh, sucks. My girlfriend works pharmaceutical sales, so she drives around and everything's in her trunk. Oh, so you you you're in uh you're in you're in pharmaceuticals behind the counter filling prescriptions or making them? Oh no, I just you know I just I'm a legal I call it, I'm a legalized pill pusher, so I basically just count out bills and sell them to the customers when they come in and pick up their meds, and. 
Oh, you yeah, know, with the medical marijuana on no, TV. <laughs> I think that's legalized only in the West Coast, not over here. Uh, you know what? Just find Snoop Dogg. He can get you legalized weed. <laughs> yeah, his own crop. Yes. So you you hate retail. I can't blame you. It's, it's a pain. I can't stand retail. And so I started, um, you know, I went to school. I started going into school for journalism and everything, and I got an internship at a radio station. And um, I'm almost done that internship, actually. And it's it's very interesting, to you know, for the ins and outs of everything that you need to do. Ad-libbing stuff when you're on the air as a disc jockey, you know, coming up with your own tags, coming up with your own this, coming up with your own that. It, it, there's a lot of stuff that went on into it that I had no idea uh, that, it, that all this stuff was involved. And wow. you know what? I'm loving every minute of it. I'm... I love every minute of it. I would not trade it in for the world. And, yeah. you know, if there's more to learn about being in radio, I want to learn it. I don't want to stop doing it because it's, it's, I have a passion for it. And you pretty much you have to have a passion for whatever it is that you want to do and go for it. Isn't it fantastic to find your muse? It's gold. It it's is because then you have, like, a lot of stress, like, alle- alleviated from your body. And you don't have to worry about, oh, my God, what am I going to be doing for the rest of my life? Yeah, yeah. My mom told me once, she said, if you have to work the rest of your life, you might as well be in something you enjoy. So smart people put together what they enjoy as soon as possible in their life and then perfect it and get it, get it more and more marketable and usable and perfection and more professional at it and start to hopefully make some money from it and tell a few people who tell a few people and hopefully... You know, you can evolve into just doing that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. You know, you know I, I, I seriously think every day that if I'm not doing this, you know, it still would have been worth it. Like, if this ended, like, tomorrow, then it still would have been worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't take it, yeah. Don't take it for granted because you don't know how long it will be before it, it ends for you. Wait. Oh, that's yes. good two cents. I was um, <clears throat> I was listening and I uh, I uh, I I didn't hear that last part. Um, oh, oh, okay. I I just said that uh, you know, just if this don't take it for granted because you don't know what whatever is going to end for you. Like it can end tomorrow, it can end next week, it can end right now. You know, yeah. just. I love everything that I've done up until this point, so like I said, at the end of tomorrow, I would not have any regrets. That, and that's, if you can say that, not people cannot say that, if you can say that, that is, that is the most beautiful thing. That, that, that's your T-shirt. That's your T-shirt. Some comics and I have a saying, it's like, okay, dude, of all the things that you know and all the sayings in the world and all the feelings, what's on your T-shirt, man? That's your that that describes that's, that's my you. slogan. That is my slogan. Yeah, exactly. That's the slogan. That's the slogan. Love this. I wrote down something, and I think that you. I was like thinking that this for Buzzworthy Radio, if you, this would be awesome for Navelle Lee to do a series of what's wrong with, and I don't know why I thought of this because we were talking about retail. 
It's almost like if you devoted a whole show to, okay, this is Novelli. Uh, this, this episode, this show is all about what's wrong with retail. Right. <laughs> 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 Here's the top ten list. All right, callers, call in now. Let's discuss this. <laughs> you know? Yes. And it, and then you had a topic for everything, like, okay, what's wrong with a smart car? Let's talk about the smart car. Some people want it and some people don't, and then moving on down, you know, to everything. All this going green. Let's talk about what's wrong with going green. Oh, oh man. God. <laughs> <laughs> we won't even touch that. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's, that's, that's worthy, buzzworthy stuff, you know. It's just... Because you do do the show live. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you can tease each week. Next week we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what's wrong with, you know, people that recycle out of your trash can. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Recycling is good, but you've already separated the, the, the trash, right, with the blue yes. and the black. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. So now here comes some stranger who's messing up your your design. He's taking away your contribution to the <laughs> to the to the dumpsters, you know, for what now what's wrong with that? Let's discuss <laughs> Well first of all, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Like why why do you want what do you want to go digging through my trash for? That's disgusting. Unless you're a hobo, that's still disgusting. That, yeah, that's disgusting. As you can see, I've already recycled this stuff. This is my kind. You're taking away my donation to the to 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 the city and the way that you know. Because there are places. I went up north recently and was shooting an independent film with the new red camera. That's going to be the new camera in movie making and video making and stuff for TV. It's a new yeah. technology. And I did that. It was in the uh, Portola Valley. It's actually a documentary I shot uh, for the Native Americans that used to used to occupy a Silomar area up there by Fresno. Any, uh, not Fresno, but um, uh, Monterey. But the point is, <laughs> I was saying, um, I forgot the point. It was about... Uh, we... <laughs> oh, my God. Was that the mind. point that you forgot the point? Was that the point? That was the point. And what happens to us? Am I that young? Okay. I ain't going to say it. Um... <laughs> I'm young. I'm gonna. Yes, I'm forever young. It's 